The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. We're back, folks. Yes, there's a lot happening, believe it or not, here on show 438. It's going to be great. And before I get into the show, I have a special shout-out to a a Raider fan. Um, Crazy how things happen in this world. Let me tell you, shout-outs to Raider JP. That's right, Raider JP's brother contacted me, and on September 23rd, we played the Steelers, and that was one of only four victories that season. And this young Raider fan was there with his brother. We had a great time at the Bad Boys of Barbecue And tragically, his brother lost his life the very next day. See how life is? You got to enjoy it. You got to share with ones in love. But that moment, that day, which he will never forget, I'm honored to share it. And a shout out to the brother, Raider JP, from the Raider Nation podcast, Faux Show. All right, Raider Nation, let me get this started off right now. You know, I've had issues with my domain name. We're having trouble hooking up with all these different things. Randy's been working his ass off trying to get this thing fixed. And lo and behold, the Raider Nation podcast is back. It's back on iTunes. All cylinders are popping. We're ready, folks. We're ready for this season because it's going to be a doozy. Appreciate your patience through this whole process. It's a pain in the ass, to be quite honest with you. So let's get into the show, what we got. On today's show, we will have... We're going to look at the 2015 season. Where do the Raiders sit? I want to tell you, they sit at the bottom on everybody's list. But that ain't real, and you know it. We're going to touch on some position battles. You know, we got a lot of tight ends, got a lot of wide receivers, and a bunch of linebackers. So we're going to hit on those guys, see who might cling to the board uh, at the end of camp. You never know. And this will be my final talk on this subject. Probably not. Goodbye, Raiders. Hello, Los Angeles. That's right. The Raiders have nowhere else to go. I'm going to hit on this, and <laughs> that should be the end uh, after this uh, load of bullshit that was handed to the Oakland City Council. Yes, all that and a short bone line because we know that it's the offseason and everybody's getting it done. Be safe out there, be good humans. And one last thing, very important thing, a shout-out to Mr. Al Davis. Happy birthday, Al. Born on the 4th of July. The embodiment of the Raiders. The creator, the inventor, and the great, great coach. Al Davis, happy birthday, bro. 
Let's hear something about Al, Randy. Al Davis, born 1929, died 2011. Eulogies written for the pro football pioneer asked a simple question. With all his accomplishments, how will Al Davis be remembered? Would it be as a young coaching genius? As the commissioner who forced the NFL and AFL to merge? As the winner of three Lombardi trophies? As a leader in racial equality? Or was his greatest accomplishment providing the NFL with a much-needed villain? If there's anything we've ever done that I'm particularly proud of, I, w I would have to say that the uh, perpetuation of the greatness of the Raiders to take a professional football team and give it a distinct characteristic that's different from all others. The greatness of the Raiders. Some may scoff, but what other pro sports team is instantly identified with a song like this one? The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea, with a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten. He wears a hooded sash with a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold, and the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What other team had more slogans than an ad agency? Commitment to uh, excellence. There's a commitment to excellence. The greatest players. We could get the greatest coaches. The great games we've played in. The flame that would burn brightest here is the will to win. Is the will to win. Is the will to win. Your commitment to excellence and your will to win will endure forever. You were magnificent. That was just his thing. He didn't have a marketing group come up with that for him. Those were his phrases that he came up with that he believed in. Just win. Play hard. Try not to make mistakes, but don't worry about mistakes because there's only one thing that counts. Just win. And what other team had an owner who saw his own wardrobe as a marketing opportunity? His whole world was pretty black and white when it came to fashion. It was silver and black or white and black, and that's it. You know, he, he was colorblind. At least that's what, we, that's what we were told, and that's what we always understood it to be. They were really an advertisement for the Raiders, and he really felt like when people saw him, they needed to see the colors. I think he was so far ahead of his time that he branded a team, and he built a, and he built a framework for the league to understand what branding was all about. To know the Raiders is to know Al Davis. They were built and branded in his image. And since his childhood in Brooklyn, that's all he ever wanted. Because as a young guy, I had a dream. Let's talk about the 2015 AFC West, shall we? It ain't like it's been. This season in the AFC West 
Uh, the projected worst to first will be, and surprisingly so, the Oakland Raiders. Now, this is giving credit to BSPN and other so-called expert sports analysts. Let me tell you, you know how I feel about that. But nonetheless, it's obvious to this Raider fan that the team has done a big turnaround. Justin Tuck was just on NFL Network talking about how it is now with the Del Rio uh, regime in place. Uh, You come in the door, you best be ready to work, son. There's nobody holding your hand. There's nobody making sure you're comfortable. It's work, work, work. And I believe that this attitude is going to translate to hard workers on the field during game day. Coach, your assessment of the mandatory minicamp in the final bit of the offseason program before training camp? <clears throat> I thought uh, it's a real productive time for us. You know, the guys uh, basically 100% participation. Um, guys doing what they can. Uh, I thought the team showed growth, commitment, and um, a lot of good work went into it. I thought it was a really productive offseason for us. So, um, you know, the message was for these guys uh, is uh, be smart, you know, make good choices. Uh, remember how important it is, you know, what we do. You know, it is, it is a privilege to play in this league and uh, to play for the Raiders. So make sure you're representing us right out there and, um, and do the right things and come back and ready to compete. Come back in and be ready to, uh, to uh, you know, come together as a team and prepare for the uh, upcoming season. Bill Musgrave, Raiders offensive coordinator. Was it uh, 18 years ago um, that I was here? Great fan base. Always have a lot of talent. Glad to be back. It's exciting. It's a a real positive vibe right now, and uh, we want to build on that with the young players we have and uh, add to them. The tradition, the history, the three Super Bowl trophies, the history with Mr. Davis, and all the Hall of Fame players that came before us. It's a lot of responsibility, and we're going to do our best to be up to it. Rob Moore, wide receiver coach, Oakland Raiders. I say, ball, whip your head around. Ball. I have a special affection for the Raiders simply because Al Davis is a Syracuse grad. So I can remember many, many times coming to the Raiders Stadium and, uh, and seeing Al, Mr. Davis, on the sideline. And he would always say the same thing to me. Hey, Rob, how would you like to be a Raider? You know, and I remember that vividly. Yeah, I go back to my childhood, and I remember the great Raider teams of the past. And I remember growing up and watching Ted Hendricks and all those guys. Um, you know, play the game, and, and, and I'm really looking forward to being a part of the staff that, that is a part of the resurgence of the Raider Pride and, uh, and this organization. Ken Norton Jr., defensive coordinator, Oakland Raiders. Well, usually if I'm not coaching, I coached all night. So then I'm sleeping, getting ready to go coach again. You, either you're coaching or you're sleeping. I played a few years, Rod played a few years, uh, Marcus Robinson played a few years, Jack played a few years. So we understand the, uh, you know, the experience, 
the fact of playing this game before. And I think the players really want to be coached by guys who did what they do. We have to go from being great players to great teachers. And that takes time, energy, effort, knowledge. And uh, that's what I'm banking on. We're becoming really great teachers. As a coach and as a player, former player, you really feel the support and you really don't want to let uh, the Raider Nation down. We know our team. We know our improvements. We know we have our franchise quarterback and our receiver of the future. And let me just say for a second here, uh, that receiver we got, this kid, this kid, Amari Cooper, is a freaking Jaguar. Let me just tell you, his cuts, the way he cuts in and out of routes, there's nobody, and I don't give a crap who it is, that's going to cover this young man. You wait and see. And you heard it here first. <laughs> that's a fact. Derek Carr, Raider quarterback, joins us. What's up, DC? How you doing, man? Hey, it's good to talk to you guys. Well, uh, you know, you played it politically correct before the draft, you know, whoever they took. Uh, but let's face it, your quarterback, we, you know, like offense, got to get a receiver. They drafted the receiver. Uh, you have experience. Hell, you've been around Andre Johnson since your early teens, and then Devontae and Isaiah Burst and Shea and a lot of NFL guys. You had a chance to practice with Amari. Give us a scouting report on him. Oh, my goodness. He is uh, ridiculous in and out of his breaks. Um, you know, he's very sudden. You know, that's a, I think that's a good word to describe him. He's very sudden before the ball gets to his hands and after the ball is in his hands. Um, his style of play is perfect for this league. You know, he's good at getting on toes and creating separation. You know, he's good at, you know, when the ball is in his hands, making those, you know, fast twitch movements to make a guy go one way so he can take it to the house. You know, it's just little things that, Honestly, people don't even notice. They just see him run one to the house. But you really study it and watch the film. You're like, wow, you know, this guy, he, he, he could be something special. And uh, his work ethic is second to none. Um, you know, he is a guy that, you know, I went and, you know, I, I was throwing with him as soon as minicamp was over so we can get more reps in. And I threw with him, and our plan was to throw a couple more times. But he texted me that night. He said, hey, let's throw at least three more times. You know, I, I need to get this one route right. And just him telling me that kind of stuff, it blew my mind. He's, this is a rookie telling me, hey, we need to throw at least three more times so I can get this one route right. That's how you can tell how much it means to him. You know, so uh, I think the sky's the limit for him, obviously. Hopefully, you know, I just get the ball into his hands so he can make the plays. How about Crabtree? Oh, man, Crabtree's been awesome. And not only just, you know, on the field, but in the locker room. He's such a great teammate. You know, everyone loves him. Um, you know, his... Uh, one thing I've learned about him, you know, he's so competitive, you know, and, uh, you know, you know, could possibly be mistaken for a bad thing if people didn't know him. But he is so competitive, and everyone on our team loves him. I love the guy. I talk to him, you know, all the time. You know, he we stretch together. We're right next to each other. We're always talking game. We're always talking ball. We're always talking routes and concepts and uh, what we're going to do during the game and hand signals, all those things. He is a football junkie, and uh, he, he's been a – He's been a nice guy, a nice addition for our team. Two-time Super Bowl champion with the football Giants. Of course, he is a defensive end for the Oakland Raiders, entering his second year. Justin Tuck with us on SportsCenter. Hi, Justin. Hello, Linda. How are you? I'm great. Um, let's talk about the Oakland Raiders, okay? Sure. A lot of expectations, better ones after last year, right? You know, in your first year, um, some good signings. So entering this second year as we approach training camp for the Raiders, what do you think about this team? 
You know, I think it's a team that's headed in the right direction, obviously. Um, you know, new coaching staff, Jack Del and his guys, Ken Norton, all, that, that entire staff has just uh, brought a you know, new energy to the building. Um, and then you talk about the signings. Uh, I think the, the most notable one is uh, our rookie wideout, Amari Cooper, who um, first day on the job, just you could tell it was something different about him. And, you know, him and Derek are going to be, I, I think, going to be a tremendous weapon for us for a lot of years to come. So, I, you know, it's a lot of excitement going on out in, uh, in Oakland, California right now. And you're not the only Raider impressed with Amari Cooper so far. Derek Carr has spoken out about sure. the chemistry already uh, with his new target. He is ridiculous in and out of his breaks, said Carr. His style of play is perfect for this league. He's good at getting on toes and creating separation. He's good at when the ball is in his hands, making those fast twitch movements to make a guy go one way so he can take it to the house. It's just little things that, honestly, people don't even notice. Yeah. So, wow, that's excitement yeah. out of Derek Carr with good reason. You watched this kid perform early on. What have you seen? Well, I'll never forget me and Charles Wilson was walking out on um, on the field and, you know, me and Charles got there early and, and doing our drills and started and he was out before all of us already going through the little squares and working on his footwork and things like that. And I just remember looking over and I'm like, you know, this guy's is phenomenal yeah. and, and, and this was before he even caught a pass he even ran a route you know just how he went about warming up and and, and working on his craft to become better in and out of breaks or whatever it may be you could tell that he's you know a lot of credit to the Alabama staff because he he knows how to get himself prepared uh for what they're about to do that day and uh you know you can just see the the, the, prof the professionalism in him uh you know everybody knows about his attributes is what he did but I think the little things like that are going to make him you know a good player in this league for a long time you know Nick Saban and does get his players uh, NFL ready. Sure. That's for sure when you go to the Alabama Crimson Tide. With an emerging defense and new eyes and ears and legs everywhere on the team, I believe the Oakland Raiders are primed for the worst or first in the AFC West. We do have the old gunslinger, whatever you want to call him, uh, Peyton Manning in the Denver Bronco Hose. Uh, you know what? He's old. He faded last year. I expect the same thing to happen this year, especially if they get to him. You know, he's the quickest pitch artist there ever was. The ball comes out in less than two seconds, two seconds max. Uh, this is what has prolonged his career. I don't know how long he can take it. Father time, uh, it gets to all of us. Trust me, I'm a participant in that. Uh, Father time gets to you, and I think Peyton this year We'll see his final demise uh, in the NFL because I think he's too damn old, to be quite honest. The team is still good. They have, they have rights to claim that they could take the West. I'm not seeing it. I think that the San Diego Chargers are more in a prime position to take it if their quarterback, Phillip Rivers, <laughs> I love all those pictures of this guy, um, can hold it together with his team. New coaching staff. There's a lot of things going on in San Diego along with their possible move to Los Angeles that leads to believe that they'll probably be about the same as they were last season. The Kansas City Chiefs aren't going no place fast. When you have a team that scored zero touchdowns from a pass completion, that's never any good. I don't see Alex Smith improving I don't see much improvement in the Chiefs. Matter of fact, I see us beating the Chiefs twice, San Diego once, and Denver once. So I do see some light for us 
in the division, uh, maybe even more. This is a focus of Del Rio, win the division. I believe this year we will scare the crap out of everyone in the division and everyone who looked at the calendar and thought the Raiders were a pushover. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, they're going to say, well, that's some bullshit. Uh, that's for sure. They're going to say it, not me, because they're, they're going to be the ones leaving the Coliseum bo- broken, battered, and freaking bruised. That's this year. I'm telling you right now, I see a minimum of seven games, eight games, with this new regime, this new staff, and these players were leaps and bounds above last season. And that is all I have to say about that. Let's look at some position battles because you you know as well as I do that there is a plethora or too damn many tight ends, linebackers, and wide receivers. Someone's got to go and someone's got to stay. So let's look at linebackers, which is an interesting position this year for the Raiders. Well, of course, our huge acquisition <laughs> to use two seasons ago Khalil Mack, 6'3", 252 pounds of raging bull. The guy's got long arms, quick feet, and a brain to match. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, man, it's, it's tight. That's tight work. What's that mean to you to have the respect of other NFL players around the league, especially only being you know, heading into your second season? Oh, man, it, it tells me that hard work pays off in a sense, and that they, they see the hard work and effort that I put into playing these great, great games on, the, on this great level. So what are the expectations for yourself this year since you had such a successful season last year? Say it one more time? Okay. What expectations? Oh, my expectations for this? Oh, man. I mean, you go out and get better uh, every day. Like right now, um, you go out there grinding. I'm working against Donald Penn, one of the best in the game. I'm working against that great O-line, Coach Tice, coaching those guys up and getting them ready. And, um, yeah, just putting in the, putting in the effort right now, and that's what it's going to take to um, have those results during the season next year. What is next season? Um. I mean, you have to relax, but you also have to work on your craft. And I'm a, I'm a worker and I'm a grinder, and so that's all I, that's all I know. So that's what I'm going to be doing. How do, you, how do you like the way you're being used in this defense? Oh man, I love it. I love it. I love the way I'm being used. Um, I always love what I do, whether I'm going forward or dropping. It's, it's all love for me. No nah, man, I'm always the, used the same. <laughs> I'm always used the same, man. Definitely like to see the sacks go up. Do you see yourself rushing the passer any more this season than you did last season? Oh man, yeah. 
Yeah, that's what this game is now. Uh, it's a throwing game. And so you're going to have more opportunities to rest the passion, and that's what I'm looking forward to. One of the your new position coach, Sal, since Harry comes from a national championship winning program yeah. and played really, really tough defense. Oh, yeah. What's he brought to your unit, and, and what kind of influence has he had so far? I mean, the level of detail that Coach, uh, coach Sal has when he watches film, um, he, he watches everything from your attitude when you're in meetings. Uh, he watches everything that you do. You can't – certain certain postures and certain things that he knows and that's the things that he's seen over the years from, from great players that he wants to influence us to do as well. And so you got to respect it because he's, he's a great coach. And um, I've seen some of the things help me in my play. Did you get bigger since last season? Did you put on some weight? Or? Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, 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 yeah. Put on a little something. Yeah. I mean, put on a little something. I mean, when you're going, when you're going against these high-caliber guys, like especially going against Donald every day, uh, you know they have a little extra little weight on them. So uh, you got to have a little bit more to push them around. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how, how I feel. Penn on that the other day that, uh, that you make him better. Who said that? Uh, Donald Penn okay. That, that you going against him makes him better. Yeah. Um, what kind of battles do you guys have out there? Oh, man, it's scrappy out there. It's scrappy out there, especially those hot, muggy days when uh, when it gets a little feisty and you get a hand to the face here and there. But uh, we, it's all love, man. Um, we're just getting better. We're grinding and working hard together to get each other better. Do you feel like the added it hasn't slowed you down at all. It just kind of increased strength. Oh man, it's all it's all it's all lean, baby. It's all lean muscle. It's all lean. It's all lean. It's no it's barely any fat. So I'm good. I'm good with that. Before the off season program started, there were some reports about some of your your workout regimen and some of the things that you were doing. From the time you were at University of Buffalo to going through an NFL strength and conditioning program and some of the things that you've learned. Mm-hmm. Talk about how you take care of your body and, and how important you know that is to that's, working on your game. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Uh, you gotta add, you have those pounds on your shoulders and your legs, and get them get them ready for a grind because it's it's a grind uh, playing over twelve games for myself, uh, feeling it and thinking about it at the end of the season last year, and knowing what I had to uh, improve on and how I had to strengthen myself in order to be successful. In this great league, uh, yeah, those are the things that you have to worry about the most. Uh, taking care of your, everything from your feet to your hands, to your, you know what I mean, to your legs. It's, it all, it all, it all compels together. What are your first impressions of uh, Mario Edwards Jr.? Oh, he's a, uh, he has great potential. He has great potential. He has a lot of potential to be great. Um, it'll take time, but uh, he going, he going to get there. We're going to make sure he gets there. Oh, it's a lot of great energy, a lot of positive energy. Um, especially for Coach Jack and um Coach Ken. Um being in that room with him man is is exciting and he gets you excited to uh, to do your job and, and you love it even more because you see how much he loves it. You know what I mean? And it's a great it's a great it's a great match having them and us and it's gonna it's gonna work. It's gonna work out. When you look at playing against San Diego, Kansas City, and Denver three times or twice each yeah, yeah. season, those, those three teams, 
you've got three different types of offenses, but all very effective and highly efficient. Does that help drive your game as well when you look at those teams on the schedule? Oh, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, you play against those great teams, and um, you got to be ready. And that's what I learned about this great league. You're going to play great teams every week. You, know, you don't get a break. Everybody's good. Everybody's good. And um, that's what we're looking forward to, man. We're looking forward to grinding out and winning games. I know last season, you look back at it, obviously you had a good season, but the four sacks, something like that, that bothered you? You wish you had more? I think you should have had more? Any yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Mentally, it was it was a little it was a little frustrating. But uh, even then, um, I had talks with Justin Tuck. He let me know, man, um, everybody gets lucky. You know what I mean? It's not all just because of technique and being fundamental that sound. Everybody gets lucky, and you have to know how teams are scheming against you and all those different things that come into play when uh, going against the passer. But and then playing Peyton twice a year and those great quarterbacks in our conference, uh, they're not going to hold the ball as long. So you got to know what you're playing against and how to play. The, the expectations for you, especially where you got drafted, are always going to be high. Hmm. Are you Oh man! Man, I, I don't worry about I don't worry about it. But anybody gonna think? Uh, everybody gonna think something. But uh, it's my job to get better and focus on what I need to do in order to be a great player. And I want to help my team win. And so I do it. I do the necessary things like ask the greats, Charles Wilson. I got I got Rod Wilson in the room with me. And um, yeah, it's it's something that's all looking up right now. Other people are asked about you, whether it be coaches, other players, or just people around you. The first thing they say, he's got a great work ethic. Where does that come from? Where do you get that from? Man, that comes from uh, <laughs> getting one scholarship and going to Buffalo. And uh, knowing that there's guys in the SEC and all those big conferences that are good and great at what, you know what I mean? At that point, they're great in college. And um, I had a lot of space between Buffalo and those big conferences. So I had to do a lot of work in order to get to that, that level in my mind. And I'm still the same way. Um, I feel like it's it's a lot of people on, on this level that are still great. And I still it's still a, it's still a gap. So I'm trying to close it every day. Never, never relax, so. Oh, man. It's hard. It's hard. But I got a plane ride, so I'm going to relax on that on the way back. Nah, man, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. This guy is going to go nothing but up, and I see nobody taking his place in the not-too-distant future. We got Curtis Lofton, six foot, 241, eight seasons in the NFL, a lot of wisdom here. This guy's going to help the tempo of the group and help to bring that veteran presence in that linebacking core. C.O. Moore, unfortunately he was hurt last year, but this kid, I don't need to say much about him. He brings it every game. A huge crowd favorite. I like CO. He's good. He's a little heady, though. I think he work, if he works more on his craft, he'll be a lot better off at it. Uh, he celebrates a lot, and that's what I like about him as well. Ray Ray Armstrong came on good last year. He was a solid player. 6'3", 234, out of Miami. Uh Pretty good guy. Uh, it's kind of he looked looked like he was kind of awkward at times, but he played very well. Ben Henley, of course, he's a fifth round 
or Heenley, whatever you want to say, fifth round pick out of Kansas, six foot, two thirty one, long shot, near on ball, six two, two thirty six, Florida, fifth round, long shot as well. Spencer Hadley, six one, two twenty seven, out of BYU, his second season. Horace Miller, Josh Shirley, and Chase Williams round up the bunch. There's a lot of bodies there, folks. That means competition at this position is going to be at its peak. People don't want a job, man. People don't want to go home. So the linebacking core, I can tell you, after it's all shaken out, we're going to probably lose one or two good players. But we're going to have a solid group of fast, strong, and young linebackers, which we haven't had in forever. We're going to be able to cover those slant passes in the middle that Peyton likes to do so much and that Philip Rivers does too. We're going to be able to shut that over-the-middle crap out. That is going to be very refreshing, not so much for our opponents. And I like that fact about these linebackers, the speed, the youth, and, well, we got a couple veterans in there as well. Look at Kenny Norton. You can't you can't wish for a better coach to help the linebacking core in our in our team. I think we're looking at some great things uh, coming out of this group, and I'm at the very least, it's going to be a big change from last year's defense just in this. And trust me, it's going to make a huge difference. <laughs> a huge difference. We also have a crapload of tight ends. Now, there's a lot of tight ends. The Raiders are tired of being the biatch team without a solid tight end. Yes, some might say that Michael Riviera is our tight end. I would say that he's inconsistent at best. His blocking's not the best. He's got to learn some skills and his receiving as well. Not the go-to guy I would expect at the position. Lee Smith, however, who he picked up, Five seasons of experience, 6'6", 265, is going to push some faces in. Yes, he's going to do some serious damage to the defense that's trying to rush in and knock our young quarterback out. Trust me. Lee Smith is a mean, nasty man, and I'm glad we have him. Michael Riviera needs to get some of that tenaciousness out of this guy, Lee, and learn something. Now, he picked up a very solid tight end. And Clive Wolford, 6'4", 258 out of Miami. Third-round draft pick, this guy's no joke. Riviera better watch out because this guy could take his job. He has all the skill to do it, and he showed great promise at Miami. I hold Clive to be one of the guys to take the whole job. Trust me. There's also uh, Brian Leonard, who also we had for his second year. He's an okay guy. He's an okay tight end. Gabe Holmes as well. So there's going to be some serious competition at the tight end position. Once again, let me say, you can never go wrong when you have a bunch of guys trying to get a damn job in the NFL. Never. Ever. (laughs) And we're going to have a whole bunch of these guys. Let me tell you, you think that crowd is crowded. There's a big list of wide receivers that are working for the Oakland Raiders or would like to be at the end of camp. You know, Amari Cooper ain't going nowhere, and I already told you, this guy's like, he's like a puma. He's like a cat. 
the way he stops and changes direction, the angle of his body. I mean, wait till you see this cat. He's crazy. I love it. Was a great pickup. Even in camp, even going through uh, the OTAs and things like that, this guy uh, is showing some fabulous promise. I can't wait to see him. Michael Crabtree, evidently, he started to feel like himself again. Maybe not the same pop out of, off the line, but I believe his skill set will be in his route running and his change of direction. We shall see seven years in. He better show us something. Rod Streeter, he better come back this year. Fourth year, he's kind of a crowd favorite. I like the guy, 6'3", 200 pounds. He's made some great plays. Andre Holmes, 6'4", 210. Listen, fourth season as well. These two guys, which has had ample time on this team to show what they have, better show it this season. There's no time for injuries. There's no time for anything. Because Kenbrell Tompkins, okay, 6'1", 195, coming in from Cincinnati, third season, will take their job. Josh Harper, 6'1", 185. He's an undrafted free agent, mind you, who could also do well. Chris Durham, 6'5", 216, Georgia, fifth season. Seth Roberts, Austin Willis, Morton Williams, Let me tell you, Milton Williams, excuse me, out of Delaware. The receiving core will no longer be a joke for the Oakland Raiders. We have our pick of some good players, some players coming back from last year. I see our receiving core being epically better. This is why my prediction for the season really has changed. This is why my whole outlook on this season is so positive. These positions where you have so many players with talent competing for a very small amount of jobs, this is how you get the best of the best of the best on Sunday. Good job, Del Rio and coaching staff for drafting and acquiring. Good job, Veggie, for getting this handled. Because I do believe that there is enough competition this season to really lift the talent and the skills and the play generally of the Oakland Raiders. And that is all I have to say about that. After much research and um, contemplation, looking at the facts and the facts only, with no drama or trauma involved, say goodbye to the Oakland Raiders because they're out of here. Out of here! Yes, you know, I'm not going to start up no L.A., Oakland, you know, bashing segment here. I Probably it'll happen regardless of what I say. But, you know, we're all Raider fans. We got to get, get on that right away and, and stop the bleeding from the north and the south because, really, it doesn't make any difference. The Raiders are going to Los Angeles. It's ridiculous to think anything else. Excuse me, Dr. Death, but you're sadly mistaken. 
Dr. Death, how you doing this afternoon slash evening, man? Hey, man, I'm doing good, man. Thanks for thanks for having me on. As always, I, I appreciate you guys inviting me on. Hey, how man, you well, guys doing? you know what? Well, we have That's to have good. you on every time there's news about the Raiders, dude. And, oh. and, and you know me, man. I keep my hopes up high, and I mean like really, really high. But when this article came out after Kephart finally put in the deal, the proposal, and now they're calling the stadium deal the worst by far for the Raiders, uh, Dr. Death, it hurts. Can, it hurts. Can, can you make me feel better about this, bro? Yeah, d- definitely, man. And, and every time I see something come out, I, there, you always have to think that there's three sides to a story. There's my side, there's your side, and then there's the truth. Let me break it down to you guys real quick. When I first read the headline, I said, okay, who wrote it? Saw Matthew Arthur, all due respect to him, cool guy. But when I read what he was writing, number one, he, he said that there was 19 pages of the documents of the financial plan. And I said, 19, but there's, there's 45. Where's all 45 documents that you're writing about? Then I hear him talk about uh, Mark Gannis. He's an, he's an expert guy. He helped bring the Raiders back to Oakland, and he's part of the Mount Davis ordeal. And I said, so you're going to have a guy who brought back the Raiders and failed at Mount Davis, because Mount Davis is an is a economic failure. Those are the two red flags. But then if you look at the financial structure of what, this, uh, of the, uh, what Floyd Kephart proposed, keep in mind it's not the whole thing. And number two, this is a starting point. These numbers are not hard numbers written in stone. These can all be negotiated. It goes like this. Mark Davis said himself it would be a $900 million stadium. Okay, the numbers go like this. The G4 loan from the NFL would be $200 million. PSLs would be $200 million. Mark Davis would sell the team, which he has been open about, for another $200 million. Then you got naming rights. Uh, non-football games, you know how there's like WWF, like they had at Santa Clara. That's all new money the Raiders don't have but will be getting from a new stadium. Now, also, the city of Oakland will be selling that piece of property for about $116 million to Floyd Kephart. Now, all this revenue that will be coming up, it adds close to $900 million. So, where this plan says it's one of the worst deals, I, I, I'm kind of questioning where in that is the worst deal because Mark Davis is one of the poorest owners in the league. He just can't go in his piggy bank and say, here's $500 million. He has to find a, a way to make it work. All these numbers that I just laid out to you that, that was laid out in that article, these aren't hardcore numbers that's written in stone. These are negotiating numbers. Here's the key thing. These numbers will bring the Raiders to the table. It's like when you go buy a car, you start out with a number that brings you to the table, and six hours later, you end up with some different number. That's what's going to happen. There's 20 days left for this to happen. And that, that 20 days means that the city and the county and Floyd Kephart and the Raiders can still negotiate and go back and forth. In the end, they have up until August 21st to reach a hardcore deadline where everything could be submitted. So for them to say this is the worst deal ever, I'm thinking, well, the deadline's not today. So, I mean, that, that, that's how I see things. 
Now, I, I, I almost want to say I think when they're calling it the worst deal is because an NFL owner has to, for one, come out of pocket. For two, has to sell part of the team. And when you yeah. say he sells it for $200 million, I heard it's only uh, 20% of the actual uh, worth of the Raiders. So 20%, if I got my math correctly, $200 million, that, that means the Raiders are worth about a billion dollars. So at that worth, $200 million. So if that goes to Kent part, he'll have no say-so on that as well, right, as far as a Raider owner. Okay, so here, here's the thing. We understand that currently Mark Davis owns 40% of the Raiders with an option to exclusively buy another 10% to make it 50, mm-hmm. okay? The last NFL owners meeting, they made it to where you can own as low as 20% of the Raiders about there to maintain legacy ownership, controlling mm-hmm. ownership of the Raiders. So if Mark Davis sells twenty percent, that means he will still be the he will still be the legacy owner. But see the thing though, it's not is he willing to sell the Raiders, it's what is he going to do with that money that he's going to make when he sells the Raiders. So that's two hundred million dollars in his pocket. What is he gonna do with that money? Is he gonna stuff it back in his piggy bank? <laughs> or is he gonna put it elsewhere? I'll be honest, I, I don't know. That answer is above my pay grade. I'm sure in a couple of weeks we'll find out. But in the end, Mark Davis will still have a legacy ownership in the Raiders. All right, so hopefully in about 20 days, Dr. Death, we can uh, you know bring you back on and hopefully we got good news and we can keep moving forward, bro. Well, to add to that, then August 21st is the end-all, be-all. It's yesterday. Ah, okay, okay, so we have to August 21st then. Floyd Kephart here on 95.7 The Game. I am well, Damon, and I hope you are. I'm doing very well. I wish the Raiders stadium situation concerning with Oakland was doing a little bit better. When you made the proposal, did you think we got a winner here, or did you turn it in apprehensively? Well, first of all, uh, what was leaked uh, by whomever leaked it uh, is not the the recommended uh, proposal that... uh, that we made as it relates totally to the stadium. And keep in mind that, that our presentation was against a series of deliverables under the ENA, so it's quite a bit different than, than what was leaked. Uh, what was leaked was, as it related to the financing on the stadium, was a scenario that we were requested to put together which said, is there a financial structure that can be done without city and county funds? So like any other good financing proposals, we put together a series of alternatives. That was one of them. Uh, and, uh, and and I'm not sure why there's such a uh, hue and cry about it. I'm not sure who would actually be opposed to it. It doesn't. It's good for the taxpayers, even if this was the final proposal, which it's not. It's good for the taxpayers. It's obviously good for the fans. Uh, not so good for us. And... Uh, and I think good for the Raiders. When you talk about getting a stadium built anywhere without the city and some public money being thrown at it, isn't that like sort of planning Thanksgiving without turkey stuffing and a tablecloth? I mean, aren't, aren't we missing key ingredients for success? We are. It there sounds is no doubt about yeah, that. I mean, there, there has not been a stadium built in the past 40 years, with the exception of uh, uh, MetLife. That, uh, that did not have public money in it, and that had public money in it to some degree. Why is whatever was leaked 
why is the information of your proposal hitting the Oakland, uh, you know, city council being met with? Uh, you know, it's just being shredded by people who have covered this subject and have experience in stadium planning. Uh, we'll go right to uh, league consultant Mark Gannis, who said this was among the worst proposals he had ever seen. Um, well, he actually participated in the worst proposal that I've ever seen, where the, the city of Oakland and county of Alameda have underwritten the current Coliseum to the tune of $400 million since that deal was done. And in this case, I'm not sure who this is bad for. I ask this question continually. Who is this bad for? It's not bad for the taxpayers. It's not bad for the fans. It's not bad for the Raiders that I can see because they own the stadium and they control their own destiny, uh, which is criteria that most of these guys ask for today. So I'm not sure who is this bad for. What I think it looks like it's bad for, Mr. Kephart, is the time that is left for Oakland to get anything realistically accomplished. You know, this was, it it sort of felt like this was going to be the last ditch effort to try and make something happen and to hear that it is just sort of dead on arrival, uh, I guess, is, is what it's bad for. It might not be bad for any one entity, but it feels like it's bad for the process. I have to ask you, did you ever ask Mark Davis about selling 20% of his company to you? And if that's the key that turns over this ignition, shouldn't we have found out if you had that key available? I can't comment on that particular question. Through a confidentiality agreement you have with Mark Davis? Yes. But the two of you have discussed about selling a percentage of his team in order to uh, obtain uh, financing possibilities? Can't comment on that one, Damon. Okay. Well, all I can say is that unless the answer to that is yes, Mark Davis has agreed in principle to sell my group a portion of his team in order to get the ball rolling... I think that a reason why this is being so panned is because people don't know whether or not that agreement was in place. And if this entire agreement hinges on that, people need to know which way that hinge moves if it's realistic. Well, let me, let me rephrase that. Let's, let's take a step back instead of believing Matt Arts and what he interprets this to be. What if that is in fact the case? What if that is in fact the case? What if that was the deal? What if what if the deal was that that there would be three hundred million dollars of bond debt paid for by sources of revenues uh, that are laid out? What? How would you react to that proposal under those circumstances? Well, I think people would react to it positively, and this is a, a, a topic that needs some positivity shed on it. And you and Mr. Davis, if that is indeed true, should voluntarily. Uh, hand over that information, saying that, I mean, it would would be a sign that Mark Davis is truly, truly trying to stay in Oakland and not talking out of both sides of his mouth, making sure he's got a safety net in Carson. Well, A, I think business-wise, he needs to make sure he's got a safety net. Second, keep in mind, this is not a deal between Floyd Kephart or New City and the Raiders. This is a deal from our standpoint between us and the city and county. The city and county have to make a deal with the Raiders, not us. That's not our job. Our job is to 
be a capital partner where we can to the city and county to fulfill the terms of the specific plan to the extent that it's economically feasible and to provide alternative financing plans that could cause all three teams to remain in Oakland. That's what the, the ENA and specific plan say. That's what we're doing. We are not, we don't represent the Raiders. We are not part of that. That it, We're not negotiating that. That's a negotiation with the city, county, and Raiders. There's a part of me that appreciates that. I think there's another part of me that's frustrated by that, Mr. Kephart, because we, we need people who are all on the same page. Yeah, you know, uh, to, to be putting forth a plan that doesn't represent the Raiders' wishes uh, or, or reflect what the team intends to specifically do if they get a green light, isn't, isn't it too late for all that? No, no. And, and Damon, remember that we have presented uh, as part of the deliverables, which fortunately was not released, but we have delivered as part of the deliverables what is required, what the Raiders have asked for. Uh, it's there. It's pretty well known. The Raiders uh, have met with this, the Raiders and, a continue, and A's continue to meet with representatives of the city and county on a continuous basis, and they know exactly what's required from that. So, it, and, and as far as the frustration goes, you've got to get in line because I'm already chairman of the Frustration Club. <laughs> Fair enough. I think there are a lot of fans who uh, feel that they are, uh, are are sitting up there on the dais with you as part of the members of the board here when it comes to frustration. There's a lot of frustration among Raider Nation, among A's fans who are waiting for something to happen with the Raiders, so something might happen with them, and it just seems like everybody keeps getting backed up behind a third party, behind someone who really isn't someone who's going to get something done. And and I hope you can appreciate the frustration on talk show hosts and fan behalfs alike, Floyd. I really hope you can. I do, and, and as you know, I'm sure, uh, you know, I'm out talking to the fans on a consistent basis when I'm in town and have had several meetings with, with Raider Nation, and, and I understand their frustration. I mean, I'm frustrated, too. I think that, that at some point there has to be something definitive come out of the city and county as to will the land be provided uh, for to benefit a new stadium? How will the infrastructure be done? And those are the two key things here before you can sit down, before they can sit down and actually negotiate a firm deal with the Raiders, neither of which has been provided to the Raiders, to the best of my knowledge, um, in, in writing to them as we speak. The NFL's Executive Vice President, Eric Grubman, urged the city of Oakland to maybe not get into the Floyd Kephart proposal business. And I don't know if that was a shot at you or a shot at the theory that all these other developments need to happen around Coliseum City for Coliseum City to work. Basically, it seems the message is the NFL thinks the stadium matters and all the other stuff, the office park, the parking garage, the towers, the suites, it's just crap. You know, build a stadium and then something will pop up around that. And I feel that that is a clear message that this process has ignored. What do you say to uh, that? Well, to the contrary. The, the NFL's chosen son to do all of their feasibility studies, CSL, uh, gave a proposal to the JPA in 2010 that said that a standalone stadium was not economically feasible without the rest of the development. And what you should do is pull that study, it's public, and read what's included in that because it reads just like the specific plan the city did. 
And so from that standpoint, and there, there's not anybody that I have found that believes that a standalone stadium can be financed without having additional tax revenues come in from development in and around it. Can't that be sold after the fact? Can't that be added on? I mean, I know that one of the stories that I was reading about stadium development is how often all the promises of stuff that pops up around never really gets done, and you end up just with a stadium anyways. Well, and and that's a a great point. The the truth of the matter is, if there were uh, public funds available, which there are not, that could cause that stadium to be built, uh, then certainly they could they could announce the building of the stadium and the construction of the stadium and then talk to uh, us and other developers about building in and around it. But the, the problem here is is that they know as a result of the 96 transaction uh, that that may not happen. There's a reason there's not a lot of development around there, right? Have we seen it go up since 96? No. Have we seen it go up since the arena and the, the Coliseum? It's, it's, tough, it's tough to lure uh, major businesses to the property that sits aqua- across the street from the Oakland swap meet. There is that. and and But there's also reason to think that with $500 million spent to bring the airport connector to this transportation hub and for... BART to be planning an expansion of that transportation hub, and that that in itself, in almost every other urban development, urban area, has caused the development to take place in and around that transportation hub. And that's what the city of Oakland found out when they did the study, and that's what CSL found out when they did the study. Developer Floyd Kephart here on 95.7 The Game I got a conspiracy theory. I'm sure you've heard it. I want your reaction to it, that this was an intentional dead-on-arrival proposal, knowing that the Raiders would then look at this, have to think Carson City was their best option, and really what your true goal is is to get the Raiders out of town so you can develop around the A's. Well, you know, that's really a joke. Uh, To the contrary, the NFL is so much more important to a development than Major League Baseball is. Uh, all you have to do is look at the numbers and don't come back to me and say, well, you got 80 games versus 10. That's irrelevant. When you look at what happens with the fan base, and the, the truth of the matter is the NFL is now America's pastime. I agree. I agree. Right? And so it's, it's, mu- it's a much bigger franchise than – Major League Baseball is, and so there's no there's no comparison to that. Ideally, we would keep both teams there. Ideally, you keep all three teams there and cut down on the amount of developable property to where you can basically only develop around the transportation hub and provide the the types of of support that BART needs to expand the station, and that would benefit from the various game day events. That would be, and that's what the specific plan really calls for when you go through it. So there's no ifs, ands. I mean, to to the contrary. I mean, we strongly believe that there can be three teams on that site, and we know that that's opposed to the belief of of A's ownership and, to some degree, Raiders' ownership. How about this for the cold, harsh reality that maybe 
you don't want to admit to, Raiders fans don't want to admit to, Oakland doesn't want to admit to, and Mark Davis himself doesn't want to admit to. NFL teams can't be run by cash-poor owners in cash-poor cities. (laughs) Well, first of all, I'm a strong believer that the owners of sports teams are responsible for their teams and that they should not be adopted by local governments. Uh, They know what's best for their team. They know where they should be best located. They know what kind of facility they should best have. And so I really do believe that the ownership should make that decision uh, and, and publicly state it and be clear about it and all of those things. So from that standpoint, I see that. I don't know whether the Raiders are cash poor or not. I've never seen a financial statement of the Raiders and, and uh, never asked for one. So I don't know what that would entail uh, in terms of, of the, the city one of the great benefits of this development is is that it would give a, a great new tax base to the city of Oakland, and it affects the city of Oakland much more than it does the county of Alameda by, by a tune of almost four to one. So from a benefit standpoint, you would think that the, the city would be more encouraging about getting this done than, uh, than anyone else. In your dream scenario, Floyd, what do you hope happens next? that the city and county make a bloody decision as to what they want to see happen there, uh, that they take an affirmative stance towards providing the land for a new stadium for the Raiders, that they adopt some kind of site plan uh, that says that all three teams can remain there and that there can be development in and around the, the transit hub. And they define that so that all of us know what can happen as long as we're providing the financing necessary. It is officially reached, you know what, or get off the pot time. There's no doubt about it. Floyd, I thank you very much for your time today. Uh, Have a nice holiday weekend. And, boy, I hope our next conversation is about progress and not leaks or stalls or, or anything about that. Thank you very much for joining me. Thanks, Damon. You too. You have a good holiday, and I'll see you soon. Uh, <laughs> this guy, the so-called expert to save Oakland sports, is a buffoon. His plan was the most ridiculous bunch of horse crap I've ever seen. Not feasible on any field anywhere in this country, maybe in a third world country. No, the Oakland Raiders are bound for Los Angeles. They have a better deal there. They'll make more money there. They might not have as many fans there, and I will say that uh, I would love to see that place sold out every every year, every game. Uh, we're doing a pretty damn good job of it here in Oakland, so I expect the L.A. fan to step it up and represent, and if you know what I mean by that. And I'm sure they will. Yeah, the Raiders made a, a gallant effort to make it work here in Oakland. Uh, Oakland City Council, just like they've been forever, inept, unorganized, crooked in every sense of the word. They're going to lose a lot of tax revenue, a lot of jobs, uh, but all these politicians are just one-day wonders. I mean, they're here for a a year, and then they're gone. A year for two years, and they're gone. Trust me, it ain't happening here, and it's already happening there. All the permits, everything else is already done for for the stadium deal. 
it's just a matter of moving the team. You know, I hope it's not one of those things like it was last time where they backed the vans up and moved in the middle of the night. I'm hoping that they have a little more respect for the fan here that's been putting down their hard-earned money for season after season of Raider football. I can only hope. But I do know this, that the Raiders are better off in L.A. They have more money. They'll have more revenue. They'll be able to do more things. And that's great. And uh, it's great for the city of L.A. I'm glad. I hope they end up getting a beautiful place. I hope they stay there. And it's a great deal for all concerned. I, for one, will miss this team. I, for one, uh, and along with many, many thousands of other fans here in Northern California and around the world, by the way, will miss the old Coliseum. I will miss going there. I call it the penitentiary of stadiums in the, the NFL, which it is. It's a great place. I don't give a shit if it's old. I don't care if the toilet's been packed up. I do care of this. I care about the history. I care about the great games that have played there. I care about the great teams that have fought there, lost blood there. Uh, there's so much tradition there on that field. It's a shame that the Oakland City and the Alameda County supervisors were so stupid and, and short-sighted and not keeping this team here in this community. Uh, there's many, many generations of Raider fan that will remember uh, this place, this hallowed ground, the Oakland Coliseum, uh, where they've enjoyed family moments, uh, tremendous times, and great memories with friends gone and still here. I, for one, am bummed. I am so bummed. Uh, but, you know, the Raider Nation is, is, is resilient. Uh, it's big resilient. L.A. fans have been coming up here to games, so we're going to go down there and see games. It's a brotherhood. You can't get away from the Raider Nation. I'm just sad they couldn't make it happen here. So on that note, all those who really think that it has a chance to happen in here, wake the hell up. It ain't gonna. They're moving to L.A. Get used to it. Embrace the L.A. fan because they're going to embrace you too when you go down there, spend your hard-earned money, and, and celebrate with the Raider Nation there in Los Angeles. And that is all I have to say about that. All right, Raider Nation, 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. Or the new thing that we have on our site. I want to be very specific now. You need to go to RaiderNationPodcast.com on our homepage. There is a little box on the right-hand upper corner, and you can record your call if you're in any other country from Brazil to Australia to China to South Carolina. Wherever you are, you can get on there and do a short message. I think it's two minutes at the most. Three minutes. And you don't have to pay if you're from out of the country. Now, of course, everyone in the United States, 1-800-620-7181. It's a toll-free number. Check it out. If you've been wanting the call, but you know it too much money, and you're out there somewhere in the globe, not in the United States, get on it. <laughs> All right. And our very first caller is someone I've missed dearly. <laughs> A great fan. I'm so glad he's back. And you will be, too, because you know who he is. You know I don't have to introduce him, but I'm gonna. This is Money Man. 
has spoken. Read. Yeah. This is Money Man has spoken. It's almost here. Training camp is right around the corner. And we as Raider fans are eagerly waiting to see what we're going to have going into the season. Yeah, we did pretty good in free agency. I didn't get up to him to speak on that. I had things to take care of. But, yeah, that looked uh, fairly impressive. Now, I wasn't too thrilled with the draft. I thought that. The draft was primarily done by Jack Del Rio and his staff as opposed to Reggie McKenzie, and I don't think they did a great job. I like Wolford and Cooper Cup probably going to be okay, but the rest of the people, I thought it was a lot better players in the draft still available, and I don't think they're going to be worth a shit, to be honest with you. So we kind of missed it on that. I gave the draft overall like a – C minus at best. So, not the A that it was before. But hey, we'll see what happens. I could be wrong. I doubt it, but I could be. And yeah, like I spoke earlier, training camp. Well, we're going to see if a certain quarterback is the guy. You know who I'm referring to. Do I believe he is? That remains no. That remains to be seen on whether he is or not. But I don't see it. I see too many flaws in his game that is going to hold him back from being none other than a career backup. And everybody's hollering he's a franchise, but I don't see it. I see a quarterback that's too scary in the pocket, too busy looking at the line coming at him, as opposed to keeping his eyes downfield. And it's one thing you can't coach in the NFL. That's courage. You don't have the courage to stand back there in that pocket. You just gonna be Blaine Gabbert two point oh, and that's what I see. Blaine Gabbert, like it or not. We had an opportunity to claim a certain quarterback a couple of weeks ago, and we missed out on it because we didn't want to create no controversy because of they believe in Carr as their guy. I believe I see a rude awakening down the road, but we'll see. We'll see. I like Khalil Mack. I think he's going to be a stud. All he got to do is keep the guy from holding him, and the referees make the calls, and he's going to probably have double-digit sacks. I, I can see that. That's a beast. got to admit that. Our offensive line improved a lot. So whoever behind the center should have all the time in the world to throw the ball, and the run game should improve too. So we got a lot of, you know, made a lot of progress. I see a lot of promise, but I'm just not sold on our quarterback. Just not. And if you don't have a quarterback, then you really ain't got to sell the damn thing. And saying that, Raider Nation, agree. First, welcome back. I'm glad you came back. Your takes are always good. I love you just lay it out just like you think. And I certainly agree with some of that uh, with this draft this year. But I do not agree at all with the Derek Carr afraid of the defensive line. I have seen this kid get pummeled uh, all year last year, hanging in there waiting for the last second to make that pass. Now they get the pass completed. They don't go back and say he got pummeled. You can just see it. You see it on the field. 
Uh, this kid is a tough kid. You wait and see. I'm going to tell you, I'll put my money on Carr. I put my money on Carr because I watch very closely on uh, how this kid plays. And he is a tough, tough man. Uh, and let me tell you, he ain't afraid to take a lick. If you look back at any of the film last year, check it out, man. That's a fact. Uh, we're going to have a better year, though, for sure. Uh, try to get to the Coliseum if you can. It will be the last year. Thank you for calling. Please feel free to call back anytime. And our next caller, Raider Rick out of Utah, man. It's some hot, hot weather going down in Utah right now. Happy 4th of July, bro. What's up? Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is Raider Rick coming to you from Utah. Hey, I'm glad that the podcast back up again. It's great to be able to listen to you guys and be able to uh, listen to your your knowledge of the of the game and, and news of the Raiders and and so forth. Um, I just wanted to call and uh, been thinking about a lot of things on the on the defensive side of the football and the offensive side and our coaching staff. Um, I'll I'll try and keep it kind of brief, but uh, I was thinking, you know, we have big old uh, Dan Williams and Justin Ellis. Both those guys together are going to equal about 700 pounds. Um, uh, good luck running on the Raiders, you know, uh, uh, with uh, those two guys in the middle and then Justin Tuck on the outside. And Mario Williams on the other side. I, I believe that they'll have Khalil Mack come up on passing down. We will get that pressure between those five or six guys plus any blitzing linebackers that we that we have. I mean, just picture it. You know, those two guys in the middle are gonna they're gonna get pressure up the middle, and it's gonna it's gonna force those quarterbacks to go on one side or the other, and they'll either run into Tuck or to Edwards or Mack coming in on 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 that side. Uh, they were talking about Mack playing some DN as well. As as linebacker, I think that's a great move. That's why we also brought in uh, Malcolm Smith from the Seahawks on those situations where Khalil Mack is the D end and is rushing. He can play that middle linebacker position. So I think that'll be a great defense. Plus, I think our defense last year we had the players. We just didn't have the coaching staff to uh, build them up, to coach them, to teach them, to get those sacks. Dennis Puke Allen that was a baby and didn't know what to what to do. Let's say we have Captain Jack. This is his team. Um, if I remember right, and all the co- with all him being in the with all the teams he's been with, I think his defense has been in the top ten or top fifteen in every team that he has been with. This man knows what he's doing. Not just him, but Ken Norton Jr. knows what he's doing with the with Seattle. So. I, I believe that they will be bring pressure from the inside, the DNs, the linebackers, and because we will be stopping the run. We will stop Denver's run, we will stop the Chargers run, and we will stop the City's run, number one. Second of all, with the count that we had last year, we beat the Kansas City Chiefs, should have beat them twice. We almost beat the Chargers when Derek Carr had that four-touchdown game. And then Denver... They've lost a lot of people, a lot of offensive line, a lot of, you know, key pieces, and they want to run the football. That's fine. They they can try and run the football. We're going to be able to stop. 
and then Manny's going to go back with his 40, 40-year-old decrepit body, and we're going to get to him and pound the crap out of him game in and game out, and they're going to get him, and this will be his last year. Um, so that's what I think about, about the defense. Secondly, on the offense, who do you guard as wide receivers? You can't double if you double team Amari Cooper. We have so many other weapons on that other end that you know Crabtree and Ward. I think Schrader is going to be a big contributor. You still also have Holmes, and then you got uh, a wide receiver that Derek Carr had in Fresno State. I think it's uh, Josh, uh, him on that on that other side. Then you got Latavius Murray and Reed and Roy Hallou that can either run the football or catch foot, uh, passes on the on the outside. And you can't guard everybody. You're going to score some points. I think we're going to hold teams to running to, if they try to run the football, so that they'll have to pass and that'll get pressure. Um, I think uh, Coach Jack Del Rio is on point with, and he says this every press conference, we are teaching the kids, we're building them up, we're, even Rod Woodson, has, uh, or not Rod Woodson, excuse me, Charles Woodson is learning things, the veteran of a lot of years. So Dennis Allen to Jack Del Rio, totally different defense, totally different look, totally different mindset. I'm coaching these players up, get in competition, get them all this stuff. It's going to be a great thing. I'm grateful that the Radio Nation podcast is back up for the opportunity that we have to uh, call the bone line and give Raider Nation our thoughts, our experiences, and we are going to kick some major tail these next few years. Because I don't think Manning will be around much longer. Alex Smith is nothing. Philip Rivers is nothing. And if I remember right, last season, or the season before, we played the Patriots and almost beat them. And they're dead to me. As far as I'm concerned, anybody that can cheat like that and only and only uh, have a four-game suspension is, I think it was pretty lenient. I think that he should have had a year suspension. Uh, look at what the Saints did. Uh, their coach got a year suspension. That was their first offense. And the Patriots have had five or six offenses, and Tom Brady only got four years of that or four games. You know, he's a crybaby anyway. And so anyway, Raider Nation, much love. I love the podcast. Thank you, Big Raider Randy. Going to take names this year with Captain Jack's team. Fired up. Peace out. Very nice call, bro. Very nice call. Laid it out very smoothly, very nicely. Uh, The only thing I'd add to it is our offensive line has improved 100%. So the protection for Carr should be right there. We got the right big bodies on the line. And I believe uh, we'll have some time to pass the ball and some holes to run through this year. Uh, I do believe we're going to play much better as well. And as far as uh, the Patriots go and Tom Brady, well, as far as I'm concerned, every time I hear a Patriots fan, I put my hand up in their face and I say, you know what? Don't say a fucking word about the Patriots for four games. Then maybe you can pop off. But until then, I don't want to hear it. I say that to every single one of them. I love it. (laughs) You should, too. Thanks for the call, bro. And next we have Raider Rich from the OC behind the orange curtain. (laughs) I used to live there, bro. 
What's up? Hey, Raider Greg. This is Raider Rich from the OC in Bonaparte, California. Just wanted to call in, let you know that this what a great podcast this is. And also wanted to tell the listeners out there that they need to support this podcast because these podcasts are not cheap or easy to produce. So come on, guys. Kick in that five bucks a month. It's just one less Starbucks coffee a month. And as far as our season goes, I really think it's going to be a great season. Very positive about it. I think we're going to surprise a lot of people, especially the BSPN so-called sports analysts on that station. I just I really think the team is just coming together and is going to have a really good, good season. So anyway, take care, Greg, and keep up the good work. Thank you so very much for the props, Randy and I. We can't get enough of them, honestly. It's very cool. Um, thank you so much for being a listener and uh, a happy listener for that. And call back again, of course. And our next caller, my very good brother from across the pond. That's not the pond here in the bay, but it is across the big pond. Keith Smith, the Crusader Raider, making an epic five-game tour here in the United States. Check him out. Hello, Raider Nation. This is Keith Smith, the Crusader Raider, calling you from London, England. Uh, just a quick call today. I haven't called in for a while. Uh, looking forward to the season and the five games I'm going to be able to take in in the States this year, including the road trips in Seattle and Detroit and the home games against the Vikings, the Packers and the Chargers, plus the three London Wembley games. Uh, looking forward to uh, uh, the visit of the Bull Raider, Randy, when he comes to London uh, later on this month for the wedding of my good friend, Big Dave Chapman. Uh, and Big Dave will be coming with me uh, back to the Bay Area in November for those uh, games against the Vikings and the, the Lions. And I know he's really excited about uh, returning uh, and meeting everybody. Um, Raider Greg, looking forward to seeing you as well, my friend. And uh, keep up the good work, as always, with the podcast. Let's hope this year is the year where you're going to be a lot more positive about what's going on because uh, I think we all need to be positive about uh, what's going on in Oakland at the moment from the point of view of coaches, from the point of view of the front office, from the point of view of players, rookies. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of hope and uh, Cooper's looking good. So uh, let's keep our fingers crossed. Had a great night last night. Uh, Rachel Toby Brown was here in London, so we got a chance to go out to, for some fish and chips and beer. Uh, and uh, looking forward to seeing uh, Rachel in, when, when we come over in November. December's going to see the arrival of Crossbones Kelly for our first two games against the Packers and the Chargers. It'll be our first visit to the Bay Area. And, and uh, my daughter Crossbones is well looking forward to that. Hope everybody's well. Always good to hear people's voices on the bone lines and uh, keep making those calls. And go Raiders. And of course, with the royal entourage will be Crossbones Kelly and Big Raider Dave. I can't wait for you guys to get here. My favorite people coming to my city. Amazing. These people are the bomb. If you can make it to any of these games, be there. Because, I mean, this is going to be an epic time. I can't wait for you guys to come by. Uh, come over, we can eat, drink, and be merry. I am so jazzed. I can't wait!
And our next caller is Raider Gorkali. Man, this guy's been out of the area, but he's back. He's had season tickets for quite some time for being in Portland. What's up, brother? Hey, 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 Raider Greg. This is Raider Gorkali. I see you guys have the speak pipe now, so I would probably be posting more messages through this app. Uh, first of all, again, I would like to thank you and all the diligent work that you do in order to get us close to all the news that's happening and um, the coverage that we don't normally get on mainstream media. Uh, hats off to you guys again. Uh, excited about training camp. Love the draft picks this year. I think we have a very, very deep roster. Uh, we may not have any superstars coveted yet, but I'm pretty sure we will have something and we will surprise a lot of teams this year. I've been following you uh, and following some off-season news myself. I hear troubling news with uh, DJ um, Hayden, that is. And um, honestly, I think in you know, an off-season is too early to push the panic button. Sure, he might be losing some reps, and uh, but honestly, I think you know at 5'11", 200-ish pounds, I didn't really see him as a man-to-man receiver cover guy to begin with now um with del rio i'm pretty sure he'll figure himself out he'll probably be a good slot corner and a playmaker type corner that he was back in college um loving the news around the off season everybody is really really amped up um heard your donald penn interview in the last podcast and um I don't know about you guys, but I'm booking myself a nice little retreat to training camp. I'm arriving on Friday, August uh, the 7th, uh, staying in Sonoma and uh, visiting the wine country, making myself accommodated. As you know, I've been a season ticket holder for about three years, uh, actually four years. This is my fourth year now, and uh, was, well, based off of Portland, and I couldn't really uh come into all the games but good news i'm back in the bay area i got myself a local gig here excited to be back um got myself a, a parking pass and uh to go along with my tickets so um still wanted to know if the bad boys of barbecue still host a mean barbecue out there and uh, can't wait for the season to get started see you soon uh, again thank you for hosting this podcast uh for keeping us connected throughout the crucial offseason, and this is Raider Gorkali signing out. Peace. First, let me thank you for the props, brother. It's greatly appreciated, Rennie, and I love it. Second of all, season ticket holder in Portland? That is epic, and it is truly a part of how the Raider Nation rolls. People have season tickets from all over, Houston, Utah, all over the place. Uh, that's because people appreciate the game, the game time experience there at the Coliseum in Oakland. I believe the entire Raider Nation is excited about this entire season. We should be just watching Amari Cooper make his cuts in and out. It's crazy, man. We're going to have a hell of a team. Thanks for the calls. Yes, the bad boys at Barbecue will probably be right up in the house. Could be our last season. It's an epic time to be here in Oakland. Um, It's going to be an epic season, bro. Can't wait to see you there.
and our final but best caller of the show. <laughs> you know I mean it, bro. My very good brother, tailgate brother, and raider brother, Juan Jorge, a.k.a. The Bantito. What's up, my brother? Hey, what's up, Raider Greg? This is Bandito Clan. It's been a while since I called in. Thought I'd give a call um, and talk a little bit about training camp because that's, that's, that's where it's all going to go down. Uh, it's coming up here soon. Um, right now we're in the dog days of the off season where there's literally nothing going on. So um, as soon as August hits, um, I'll be at training camp on the first weekend. So I'm stoked. I can't wait to see how this team gels together. And chemistry and, and how this team gels together is going to be very, very important because as we've, as we've seen in years past, we can have all the talent in the world. It doesn't mean anything if we don't play as a cohesive unit. Um, I'm and I'm most really excited to see um, Jack Del Rio's command of the team. Um, having been a camp in the last six, seven years, um, you know, see, seeing all the different head coaches and how they run the team, um, and even the assistants, just to see how they how they react um, to players and um, how they give instructions, and um, I'm I'm pretty excited for that. And especially Ken Norton, I'm very very excited about Ken Norton. Um, to see how he commands the defense because, um, to me, he was the best coach that we could have gotten other than um, Jack Real. Ken Norton is an amazing coach, as we've seen um, with Seattle. He's done a great job with those linebackers and deserves to be the defensive coordinator of this team. Um, so I'm very excited to see Del Real and, and, and Norton and, and, and the players to see how they draw together. And, and I mean, there's a, pick any area on the football team, and, and, and there's something exciting there. Um, I, th- I think it's going to be very, very competitive. Um, there's competition at every single position, and competition makes us better. It'll make our team better. Um, and then to see how Derek Carr does, um, to see him jump from year one to year two, um, I think that's going to be uh, a special sight to see because um, I truly think he's going to be a star in this league. And uh, the biggest jump that I feel a player can make especially at the quarterback position, it's from year one to year two. Um, so now it's time to take it up to the next level. Uh, we gave Derek Carr some weapons at the receiver position. Um, you know, Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree, uh, Clive Walford. Um, so we have some weapons. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see um, how those guys gel and, and and to see this this Philadelphia defense, per se, um, you know, and, and, and Musgrave to see how, how he does offensively and, um, and, and to see this no-huddle um, type of offense uh, get implemented in, in, into the Raiders. So um, I'm, I'm very excited for camp. Um, I know you are. I know we all are. We want some football. Um, so that's all I got to say. I can't wait. Um, let me know what days you're going to camp, Greg. We'll hook up. All very good points. Uh, I can't wait to see how Del Rio has up-tempoed this whole program. You're going to see how crazy it is. They're running from event to event. These guys used to lollygag around with these other coaches. That ain't happening this this time, man. There's work being put in. We're going to see it in camp. I've got, I've got a couple days here, too. I'll hook up with you, Juan. And I'm going to also go for the Raider Nation podcast on my own. But, of course, we'll be there checking it out, delivering to you what I see and what I think is going down 
in Raider Town at camp in Napa. I can hardly wait. This e- this is the dog days of summer for the football fan. So you guys be safe, be good humans. Happy 4th of July, and once again, happy birthday to Al Davis, the founder, the soul, the heart of the Oakland Raiders. I am Raider Greg. We are back. We're going to start hitting this thing hard. That is all I have to say about that, and I am out. Out.